Well, hey, City Gates, my name is Toby, and it's great to be with you today as we open uh, the Word together. We've been encouraging you, especially these last few weeks, to, to bring your uh, Bibles with you, uh, a physical one, uh, best, but also if you want to use the one on your phone because we're going to spend time in it and just trusting that, you know, through this strange world of me speaking to, uh, to a camera in uh, my living room, to you, uh, probably on a Sunday morning, maybe at a watch party with others in a home or at the waypoint, that God would speak uh, to you, to me, through His Word, and we're just trusting in that. Uh, we are. We just started Second um, Peter. We were in First Peter for for a few months, took a little break, and now we're into Second Peter. Mike last week kicked us off uh, into the first few verses of Second Peter, so we're going to continue uh, in that. So if you can turn to your Bibles. Second Peter, we're going to be focusing on chapter 1, verses 5 to 11. Chapter 1, 5 to 11. But I'm actually going to read from verse 3 because that helps us understand where uh, Peter is going. And uh, we're going to focus on 5 to 11. So let me read that. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us, to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And then verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and are increasingly keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an inheritance sorry, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we are uh, focusing on verse 5, which uh, you would see that it says, he says, for this very reason. Of course, that connects us with this previous section. For what, what, what reason are you talking about, Peter? And and in it he he's he's gonna he's gonna call us he's gonna charge us to as we read you know this list of of faith and virtue and so forth but he does that of course in view of what he just said which is this utterly amazing thing he says we are now partakers of the divine nature we are partakers because of Jesus we are actually partakers of this nature that is actually not not in us it it is it comes from outside of us. Um, this or a few weeks ago, I had this conversation with uh, one of, one of my kids, and and they said, you know, their uh, math teacher was uh, telling them about, you know, or maybe encouraging them, encouraging them, saying, you know, there isn't really a, a thing like 
uh, a math gene or talent, uh, you know, it, it's actually something we can, you can work on and, and really put your mind to and put effort on. And, and, and I, I think what I understand what she's getting at. Like she, you know, some, some people are, are obviously very discouraged with math and mathematics. And, and some of you are there like, you know, if there was a math gene, I wasn't given it, right? Like, like it was just a hard thing to do. And so while I, I, I do understand where this teacher was coming from, actually, we all recognize, don't we, that some people seem to have a, a talent or a nature or some genetic disposition for those for something like some people are very um, artistically minded and and some and those of us who are not we're, we're, how, how how did you do that or, i don't i don't think that way and and it, and it goes both ways and and i think what peter is getting at or what i were, want to remind you of is that this idea this this thing of being partakers of uh, the divine nature through jesus through his glory and excellence that that we have this knowledge of him that we have that we can now take part in is absolutely something that comes from outside of us and is granted to us it's it's not something that is naturally occurring it's not like there was some spark of goodness in me and then and then that spark awakens no 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 we now become partakers because of his grace and his goodness um, we live in uh, Markham, so when we drive into Durham to the Waypoint or to um, our, our community group, you know, we'll take Highway 7. I don't know if you've, you've been on that part of Highway 7 between York, Durham and, and Brock or so. You know, there's, this, there's these fields and, and uh, there, there's this uh, signage that says, you know, uh, fly high, I think. And, you know, and, and sometimes you, if you commute that way, you drive that way, you'll see actually people on, they're, they're gliding in the air. They're in all sorts of, you know, um, I, I don't know what they're called, contraptions, things that help you fly, right? And it looks pretty cool. Like this past Sunday, we saw them there, you know, floating in the sky. And, and, it, and it's as if it's as out, this, this idea of, of partaking in a divine nature is so outside in that it's, it's as if God is, 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 has given us wings. It is as if, if, if God had given us wings, and, and now Peter is saying, he says, for this very reason, make every effort. He's saying, okay, now go fly. Something utterly amazing and life-changing has happened to you. God has given you something. And now Peter is about to say, okay, now let's go practice. Let's go make use. Let's, let's um, experience what this thing is that God has given us. And and I think we need to remember that because, you know, some of us, maybe if we have been, uh, you know, uh, journeying with Christ for some time, maybe, maybe we've forgotten. Maybe we've forgotten because we're just kind of, we're just kind of okay. We're floating. We're in the routine of, of whether it's going to church or reading our Bibles, but something absolutely amazing has happened to us. And, and now there is a divine nature in us and, and Peter's going to call us and encourage us to put that to practice. He says, uh, continuing in verse 5, he says, make every effort. Later, he will tell us to be very diligent. He's saying, hey, this is very much worthwhile, your time, your energy, your effort. He says this, to supplement, that is to, to, to add, to supply, and there's a sense of, of, of generosity. He says, supplement your faith, and here comes um, this 
this kind of list that we heard, uh, your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control is steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And I, I don't know if um, uh, you are a list person. I feel like the world divides, you know, in so many ways, but like some, some of us are list people. Some of us are not list people. And it does seem like this is very much a list. But I want you to notice a few things. Notice, first of all, that the, the, the kind of um, link that uh, Peter makes to each one of these phrases, he, he repeats himself. He's not just saying uh, virtue and patience and uh, steadfastness. No, he's, he's linking each one. There is a sense that this is actually um, a package deal. And it's not unlike uh, when Paul in Galatians writes about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is actually singular. And of course, the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, is uh, he's, he is you know, a singular entity, uh, the third person of the Trinity. And when he talks about love, joy, patience, peace, and kindness, he's not saying, oh, pick the fruit you want. Like, uh, you know, if you if you don't have that, you know, just take that out. I, that, I, I'm not so good at that one. I'm going to leave that. No, this is this is uh, something that holds together. And, and notice also uh, in, in this section of Peter um, that it, it starts with faith and it ends in love. It starts with faith and ends in love. And as we um, read last week and as Mike reminded us, this is Peter, he says, this is, um, I think, in verse 1, he says, To those who obtain a faith of equal standing with ours, Peter, who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, who, who lived for three years watching and hearing him, uh, who eventually would, would fall and fail to some degree, but it was restored, he said, you have the same faith. And he says, it starts with this kind of faith. This is the, the faith that we all have. Um, Charles Spurgeon talked about the idea of, you know, as long as you have a diamond, however small it is, it is a diamond in substance, then no matter what, you can, you can, that can't be taken away from you. Whether it's great or small, as long as it's not a piece of broken glass or a cubic zirconia or whatever it is, even if your faith is small, if it's the real thing, it's the real thing. And upon it, Peter says we should add to it we should supplement we should grow in it and it ends this this long uh, list of, of these seven these seven things in love it ends in love um in so many ways uh in in colossians the apostle uh, paul he writes this i think compliments it uh in in so many ways i'm, I'm trying to turn to it here we go colossians uh chapter three he, he puts it this way. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones. So the similar language to Peter. He says, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And then in, in 3.14, he says this, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is the, the, the capstone, the, the goal, the, 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 the real pinnacle of where Peter is, is leading us and guiding us. 
you know, as uh, as I do sometimes, and, and maybe you do, you know, you're, we're preparing for this. So I, I just thought, I, why don't I Google, like, what's the, what's the science behind love? Surely there have been scientific studies uh, with regards to what love is. And um, there, there are, uh, only you know, they're very much geared towards a romantic love, you know, uh, the science of love in regards to like the serotonin and all, you know, all these, these, these functions in your brain when someone falls in love and, and what happens in that. And, and, but this, but this is not the love that Peter's talking about. This is uh, agape love. This is um, self-giving, self uh, sacrificial love that Peter is pointing us towards. And, and in a lot of ways, that kind of love is perhaps not so easily described, but when we see it, we know it. When we see this kind of love, we know it. And of course, we see it in Jesus for us. We see it in His, um, in the way that He uh, He taught, in the way that He interacted with people, in the way He was so attractive to those so far outside of what would be considered the you know the religious or the righteous would come to him and this is a love that we are also called to move towards and to demonstrate and 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 there's a point here too the notice that what begins with faith so we think of perhaps faith as something vertical something like between um, you and God between me and God something um, personal, a personal decision, a resolve to say, yes, I, I trust in you. And, and very much that is important. But notice how this, this list this of, uh, that Peter gives us actually pushes us outward. It pushes us horizontally. He speaks of um, first virtue, which speaks of moral excellence. It, it talks about, it's a sense of doing the right thing. You know, even when no one is looking. It talks about self-control. It talks about um, patience. And it talks about godliness, this, this sense of like being like God, reflecting what God would do. And in so many things, this is a huge challenge uh, because we live with other people. And, and often it is hard to have self-control and godliness and, and brotherly love, this kind of love for a fellow believers that is as if we were actually family because we are family uh, in, in, um, by Jesus. And all these things challenge us and, as, as we go out into the world. It's not just a kind of like a, oh, my own faith in my own home. No, it pushes us out. Now, there's some question. There's like, uh, is this um, a list where, you know, um, we have to kind of graduate from one to the other? And, and, and some commentators, you know, if you read uh, the commentaries, they, they do see that link, you know, one builds on the other, perhaps. Uh, I, I think this list that Peter writes is, is, is not meant to be the complete and only list. Certainly there are other kinds of virtues course the fruit of the spirit we mentioned already uh, but I, I think it is telling us that these should be signposts we're looking for it, it tells us it, it and, and challenges us challenges us you know are we are we on this road are we on this journey when when we look back are we are we seeing growth when it comes to self-control are we are we seeing points where actually steadfastness, this, this sense of 
of um, endurance is growing in us. And, and what about um, godliness? What about reflecting how God um, would and how Jesus himself lived? And are we seeing progress? You know, I, I've realized that, you know, the, the Toby from five years ago, I often look back and I think, man, he's an idiot. <laughs> like, the, I'm 41 this year. The 36-year-old Toby was, ooh. I mean, you wouldn't want to meet the 25-year-old Toby. So it, it, it's sobering to think that because in another five years, I'm going to look back at the present me now and go, wow, mistakes were made. On the other hand, we should be able to look back and actually see some progress. We should say, okay, okay, there was failure here, but there's actually, by God's grace, there's, there's movement, there's growth, there's progress. Am I on this road that Peter is pointing us towards? And you know, at this age, I think, I think I'm, I'm about at middle age, right? Like, so it's, there's a sense of like, man, I can look back and, and, and see and recognize the, the beauty and energy and passion of youth, but also look forward to others further along in their walk uh, with Christ and say, wow, there are people who through patient endurance, uh, they have continued by God's grace to grow. And I, 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 want, I want to get on the road that they're going on. I, I want to get on this journey that they're going on. And, and this, is, um, this is, as we continue, this is what Peter is doing. He's encouraging us to do that. Look at um, verse 8. He says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, something really interesting happening. He's saying, he's saying if, if we continue, if we're, if we're growing, if we're increasing, this will keep us uh, from being ineffective or unfruitful in what? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so what actually begins with the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ also brings us full circle back and increasing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is the kind of knowledge that we should aim for. And, and there's, I mean, think about collectively how much knowledge we might have uh, on, our, on our minds through our training, of course, at the tip of our fingers on our phones. But the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is our aim and this is our goal. And of course, it is not um, just memorizing things. It's, it's, it's not just making a check. It is knowing a person. Is, is that your goal? Is, is, is that where you're growing? in a relationship, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he has this, um, this warning for us in verse 9. He says, For whoever lacks these qualities, this, these qualities before us, um, whoever lacks these qualities, verse 9, is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed, from his former sins. Um, there were days, well, actually years, <laughs> before um, Loretta got her, got like laser surgery, uh, where, you know, she, she was, was nearsighted. And um, I, I'm gonna tell the story. You know, there were moments where, you know, she would be like, Toby, where are my glasses, right? Like just in the morning or something. And I'd be like, 
um, they're, they're, they're right in front of you, right? When we're nearsighted, we can only, and sometimes barely, uh, see what's in front of us, right? It's, it's, so, it's so close. Maybe we can just see ourselves or our hands, but we cannot see beyond. And, and, and this is Peter's warning. This is like when uh, he said, you are so nearsighted that you're blind. And he says, you've forgotten something. This is the connection. You've forgotten. What, what does he say? You've forgotten that um, you were, um, sorry, where am I here? You've forgotten that you were cleansed from your former sins. In other words, I think what he's saying is you are seeing yourself wrongly. You're seeing yourself only in, in the past. And, and, and maybe you've been in um, a stage or a moment in life where you get caught up in past patterns caught up in past behaviors, caught up in past hurts. And, and you, you get consumed because you can only, that's, that's all you can see. And, and Peter is reminding us to not forget. And, and, and as um, Mike reminded us last week, this, this is actually part of Peter's whole motivation. He wants to remind us. He wants to make us recall and remember. And he doesn't want us to forget. He doesn't want us to forget that we've been cleansed from our former sins. You know, um, I think some of us struggle with this part of it. We um, perhaps think too uh, lowly of ourselves, as in we only remember those things um, perhaps in our past that we are ashamed of, our, our former self before coming to Jesus. And we need to be reminded that we've been cleansed. We have been cleansed 100% uh, as white as snow. On the other hand, I think perhaps some of us are actually in this kind of cruising, uh, I'm okay morally and financially and socially, and we come too self-sufficient, too reliant, and we forget that we have been saved. We forget how, how, how much we needed rescue, that our sins, as Peter says, have been cleansed. This is this sense of short-sightedness. And this continues because he says, follow in verse 10, and we're going to conclude in these uh, few verses here. Therefore, brothers, he says, be all the more diligent. Again, effort, diligence, Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Be all the more diligent to confirm. There is a sense, a real sense, where we know uh, the tree by its fruit. That as as, as we experience God's grace and love, how, how do we know? How do we know this? This is real faith. Actually, it's faith that produces fruit. It's a faith. It's um. It's that which produces um works, and not that we work to get into God's graces, but that actually this God's graces produces in us work. That we've been given this these wings, and we fly on the uh, the the wind of God's graces in a sense. And he says, so be diligent. Do this. To confirm your quality, um, this calling, he says you will never fall. Um, I, I think there's a sense where 
we, we do stumble. Uh, certainly, you know, I you think of Peter, um, who had literally his, like the, the worst failings of his life uh, written in a book that would be a bestseller, you know, for thousands of years. Uh, and yet Peter could see here, actually, you won't fall. We might stumble, but if you continue pressing forward, you won't fall. And, you know, there is a sense where as we read verse 12, or sorry, verse 11, where Peter is, is, is concerned that we also not just see ourselves in a short-sighted or near-sighted way, but actually not set our, our, even our goals um, as near-sighted. Because he says in verse 11, he says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, just a few verses later, which Ryan will, will preach from next week, uh, we know that he has this sense that his, his life is coming to an end. And, and so we get a sense of Peter's urgency here to write this letter. But he's saying we need to keep our eyes actually heavenward. You know, I was thinking like there, there are probably some like uh, things you buy which come with, you know, like really good warranties, like, you know, 10 years, 100,000 kilometers, or may, perhaps you, you've even found something that gives you a lifetime warranty. Or, or maybe you've uh, signed up for a course or a, a system or a program or something in a book that says, hey, you can increase this, you can be more effective in this, you can be more productive in this, and those may be all good things, but you know, all those things will end with you six feet under the ground. Like, even the lifetime guarantee, as great as it is, will end at some point with you. No one is promising you anything beyond that. But what, what Peter is saying, actually, this work, this diligence, this, this is going to actually pay off. He says this, so uh, for, you will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom. And so are, are we so nearsighted? that we are actually only setting goals for the next 10, 20, or 30 years. And, and, and those goals, whether that be financial or career or otherwise, of course are not evil in themselves, but are they, are they actually part of this, this journey, this roadmap as we've seen towards um, love, towards uh, working out this divine nature, or, or is the path uh, of following Jesus supplementary to your own goals, to your own path. Because those are going to end. This is going to move forward. And there's an eternity, um, Peter says, that is awaiting us. So let me end uh, here and, and, and just ask you three uh, questions that I think this text is asking us and to consider this. The first is, where is your effort? You know, where is your effort and diligence? You know, we have all these um, devices and smart devices and uh, they, you know, they tell us, especially if they run on battery, you know, where um, our energy and power is going. And maybe you've seen or maybe you've done yourself, you know, you take your, you're like, I'm, I'm running on batteries and you know, I'm going to swipe up and I got to close these things because our effort or the energy of the battery is, is being drained. Um, where is your effort? And energy. Maybe that's a consideration of your time 
like in terms of time, where is your effort and energy and, and, and to what degree are you supplementing and building upon your faith? But maybe that's also a sense of priority. What are the things that you are prioritizing, whether that's uh, in your mind, you know, uh, before you go to bed or, or the things, you know, when there's a, a, an empty space in your day, what are the things that your mind is going to, where are your um, priorities? And, and secondly, you know, I think this really asks us to consider where are your goals? I mean, to what degree are your goals short term in light of eternity? I mean, maybe you have a great 30 year, 40 year retirement plan, but how does that stack up in light of eternity and in light of what Peter is calling us? towards and third what um, what is the what or how, sorry how is your life uh, speaking how is your life writing a letter what is the <laughs> I'm gonna get this wording right what is uh, the letter your life is writing right now see Peter here he has this sense and and we're gonna we're gonna feel this through these next um these these the short letter that peter has on his mind being with christ he said my time is 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 kind of is coming up soon he's he's looking towards heaven and you know not all of us will get to write a letter like this uh, but our lives are already writing a letter you know um uh, on October 3rd uh, was the day that uh, Lawrence and Liz uh, were with us and preached and, and met. I know a lot of us uh, were together at, at the waypoint on the lawn and we filled that up. Um, October 3rd, uh, if you were there, you would have known that also um, Sheshi Kaniki, who was a, a pastor in um, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, who for Loretta and I uh, really was uh, instrumental in... Um, uh, you know, bringing us along into church leadership life, into the advanced family of churches. Uh, Vic and Tanya served alongside them in uh, Johannesburg. Um, many of you have met him. He he died of um, brain cancer. And uh, actually, right now, Trudy, oh, sorry, Loretta's uh, on her way to Tanzania to spend about a week with Trudy, uh, just to be with her. A Sunday after he passed. Uh, Saturday was a funeral, and the next Sunday, uh, Trudy uh, got up, um, went to service, and uh, there she read a letter that Sheshi prepared that he wrote to the church, to God's tribe. And uh, of course, it was um, moving and, and poignant because, because the funeral just happened, and, and here she is, um, reading his words, his 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 last words to this church that he planted, that he had on his heart for many years to return to Tanzania and to plant this church, and now, as it's grown, uh, and and himself not being there, he 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 wrote this letter. He he and Trudy read this letter, but it was all the more significant because of the life he lived. His call to walk with Jesus, his, his encouragement to plant churches was made so clear 
by the life he lived and, and even the day before hearing the different voices that just shared about how Sheshi had made an impact on different uh, people's lives. Your life is already writing a letter and, and, and probably not many of us will physically write that letter, perhaps we will. But what is the letter that your life is writing in now? What, I, I hate to say the, the legacy, but where, where's, where's your life? How's your life speaking? Now, I think Peter is challenging us uh, as individuals, but as a church, to think, man, where are my priorities? Where's my effort? Where's my energy? And, and where is um, the sense of man, God's goodness and grace to me that I'm now partaking, as Peter writes, in this divine nature? Am I putting that into practice? Those are great questions for you to ponder, to consider, to reflect on. Also, of course, uh, we, we do in our community groups midweek uh, discuss these things. So I would encourage you to join a community group if you are not part of one.